Hello and welcome to Films and Swearing, the foul-mouthed Scottish movie podcast. That's no normal how that goes, but I decided not to read my notes, which is very silly in hindsight. I'm your Stuart mistake. Sutherland, and that other students you hear is Magic Mike Christie. Cha-ching! Yep. As he's also known as Money. <laughs> <laughs> money, Money, Magic Mike Christie. That is far that, too much to say. That 5M... Money, 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 aye. 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 To them. Like, it's sort of like the, the what would Jesus do? Like, WWMMMMMCD? Question mark. <laughs> See, that's why I've been asking about getting tattoos. That's what it is. I've got enough space in my arms to fit five M's, a couple of W's, CD, and a question mark. Get it done. Get it done. Uh, so, tonight you are listening to episode 139 Blade Runner Final Cut. From 1982. So whose decision was it to do a final cut? Would that be... Ridley. Would that be Ridley? Yes. Right. Aye. Uh, we do have an extensive uh, discussion ahead of us, especially with the versions of Blade Runner. This is why we are skipping over our, like, how's it going? Who's died this week? Have you seen any good trailers? We're putting all that aside because we've probably got quite a lot to talk about tonight. Aye. Blade Runner is a big deal. Mm-hmm. I don't like how my laptop's threatening that a restart's required. Let's not do that just now. Uh. Let's dismiss that notification. What you hear now is music from the film Blade Runner because we're going to spoil Blade Runner. If you have not seen Blade Runner Final Cuts, this is your chance to turn off the podcast, run away find out what happens if you leave a, a turtoise belly up in the sun. Aye. It's like a turtle. I get, uh, I've got that vacant stare. I can see your eyelids and your pupils twitching. You're about to pull out a fucking pistol and shoot me. Again, this speech means fuck all to you if you haven't seen Blade Runner. But if you have, well, still haven't seen, isn't it? This is a very poorly constructed spoiler warning. So through this rambling, you'll notice we're going to be talking about the film at great lengths, so go and watch it first before continuing on with the podcast. You've been warned. Yeah. It's kind of got almost like that, like, like Neuer type music to it. Do you mean like, what do you mean? Give me an example. (sighs) What do you mean like film noir? Aye. Aye. Yes, it does. It, I think it is considered a science fiction, futuristic crime noir, like your fifty. What well, you'd imagine is like a fifties private eye movie. Mm-hmm. Where, it, well, I guess other examples in like noir films, like Sin City, has a sort of vibe to it. I can't remember if the soundtrack really matched it. Yeah. Every time I think back to the fucking Sin City, all I can hear playing in my head is the fucking soundtrack to the Blues Brothers. Hmm. That's a YouTube mashup waiting to happen. Um, but I, it's like the scenes where Carrie Fisher's stalking the Blues Brothers. Ah. Uh, that's our Ah, is that on the fucking. Ah, uh, the bit. Was that not with the Mickey Rourke bit? Where he's like in the car and ah, chasing the ball. Exactly, yeah, it's sort of perfect background music for that. Mm. But that's got fuck all to do with what we're talking about tonight. 
Uh, Blade Runner is from director Ridley Scott. Uh, before directing Blade Runner, he was the man behind Your List. It is a wee film uh, that stars Keith Carradine and Harvey Keitel. You ever heard of that one? No, I, no. I was actually trying to think if he had done anything big before Alien, but Nah, he's had a handful of TV series doing episodes. There's a Duelists, which is a small feud between two Napoleonic officers, evolves into a decade long battle series of duels. Hmm. And then, of course, you got Alien. And that was this, maybe the next film? This was the very next next film after it. Suppose they would have been finishing showering that money. They may fail. It's like, fuck, I'm doing my last $100 bill with Harrison Ford. Come here. Aye. That's it. I'm going to put all my, all my energy into this one. I've made it big. I may as well cash in and just go for the most fucking, maybe not the most expensive project, but the most fucking out there whilst I'm red hot. Hmm. Uh, cast. Behind Blade Runner, we've got Harrison Ford as Rick Deckard, Rutger Hauer as Roy Batty, Sean Young as Rachel, Edward James Olmos as Gaff, M. Emmett Walsh as Byron, aka Brains to Thunderbirds, Daryl Hannah as Priest, Prius, William Sanders as J.F. Sebastian, and Brian James as Leon Kowalski. And then you've got uh, Joanna Cassidy as Zathora. Uh, wait, Joel Turkle as Dr. Edian Terrell. Alright. So, I think we have everyone now. Aye. Right, for the folk at home that have ignored our, our piss-poor attempt at a spoiler warning and have decided, I just want to hear what the fuck you are going to say about it. What is the plot of Blade Runner? Um. I think it's the third time I've seen the film and I think before switching it on this morning I thought Harrison Ford was a bounty hunter but he's not he actually is like a detective yeah who goes after like replicants which they call Blade Running mm. which I didn't understand why they call it Blade Running because you never really got that answer in the film did you? Why no when um, they talk about that when they actually I think when the first replicant dies, they call it a skin job. Aye. Which kind of gives the feel that... It's just because they're these fucking robots going about in... Well, trying to pretend to be human. Trying to be a Terminator, pretty much. Before Terminator was even designed. (laughs) Um, But I basically goes after these replicants that are... What do they try to find? Do they try to find the creator or something? Aye, just so they could extend their life. Mm. Because that's uh, these replicants that have... It's like they took over a ship, fucked off, escaped onto, into Los Angeles. Which looks really fucking Asianized. Ah, uh, it does, like... Uh, I actually thought it was, like, fucking Chinatown for, like, the whole of the city. Smog, rain, depressing as fuck. Mm. Yeah. Like, what's his name? Fucking Harrison Ford, like... Horribly trying to order noodles. Aye. And there was a note, I was going to say for James Hong, but I think that's maybe later on in the film, he was at 
The dudes that are making eyeballs. Oh, is that who that was? Uh, I thought, oh, what was he in? He's usually like the was go-to he, Chinese guy for anything. Was he in Big Trouble? Was he in Big Trouble? I think he was in Big Trouble. And in Rush Hour. Anything where you need kind of an old Chinese uh, guy. I fucking thought he looked familiar, but I couldn't quite picture him. Aye. I had an image of, remember the old, what was the old fucking Chinese like martial arts vampire film? Oh yeah, the Mr. Vampire films. Uh, I thought I thought he kind of looked like he was in one of them. Aye, aye. I uh, may be wrong. I could imagine that, but probably not. He'd probably just like, I'm American. <laughs> Why would I be doing these films when <laughs> I could make money in America? Mm-hmm. There's gold in these mountains. <laughs> <laughs> so, Michael, you said you've seen this three times now. Uh, when, when were you first introduced to it? Um... Probably when I was younger, but I couldn't really remember much of it. And I think this was before the, like... Several jobs. Aye. So I think that would I be right in saying that the director's cut's been out for longer than the final cut? Yes. Um, I think the history is, it was released in 82. Mm-hmm. Then by 92, they got a director's cut. And then in 2007, you got the final cut. For what I can remember, I can only remember the final cut. I've heard a lot of people saying that the director's cut's the one to go to, but then it's, a lot uh, of folk are saying that it's not. Aye, I've, I've went through Wikipedia and pulled apart a lot of information. I can sure talk about get the version conversation over with now, or save it till the end? Uh, I'll just wait till then, because I doubt there's any two-star reviews or any one-star reviews. Well, you'll be surprised. Listen, I'll tell you now, there's at least 1,000 reviews on Amazon for Blade Runner. And we're not reading all them out. (laughs) Uh, Now, okay, so you first saw it just far back in the day as a band. Uh, I've probably never seen it all the way through. Uh, I think I've probably seen clips set with my... Dad was probably watching it because I wouldn't really expect a moment to watch a type of film. Ah, it's probably no type of film you would latch onto as a kid. It's not uh, as visually appearing. It's a thinking man's film. Ah, it's not as appealing as like Star Wars. Like they're not throwing about lightsabers uh, and like Star Wars is so like a you could pick up on a younger audience easily. Like with Yoda, whereas this one you've got creepy midgets and masks. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe didn't show this one to the Bairns just yet. Yeah. Uh, let's see. For me, I think I first saw it maybe just after the release of the final cut. And it kind of went back in circulation. And I watched it, but I think I more or less had it playing in the background mm. whilst I was doing something else in the house. Aye. So... It never held my attention then, Aye. but now, finally, uh, since it won our Twitter poll, it was like, right, okay, I'm going to have to give this like some proper attention now. And I, it's, you could see, I could see sort of both sides of the coin, and from listening to a lot of podcasts and hearing a lot of feedback on the internet. This film gets a 50-50 reaction for folk. It's either like a cinematic masterpiece of 
size, scope, score, everything. Like it's it's tips other boxes. Aye, it's religion to some people at my work. Like mm. one of the guys at my work, this is his film of all time. Aye, because like I am, I Snapchatted, uh, the it was like a picture of like the opening shot of like the fucking flames Aye, shooting up like the skyscrapers and that, and it was like. It was like breakfast and Blade Runner and one of the boys at work replied and it was like like the best film ever and he's only fucking 21. Aye. Aye. <laughs> so it's like, hmm. You weren't even alive when this came out. I don't know, but neither were we. Aye, I just, as soon as those words left my mouth, I was like, aye, I would kind of really aye, justify that. I grew up with fucking three, three, five years on us. Eh? Mm-hmm. You weren't even alive when the director's cut came out. We were. <laughs> ah, I know. <laughs> that would have been a good present to get when you were like five. Mm-hmm. Because I remember, I think, oh, I think the second time I watched it, I think I only watched it properly. I think it was the week, the week leading up to your wedding, actually. And because I remember my dad, I'm sure I bought my dad the final cut on DVD. Right. Like a few years before then or whenever. Mm-hmm. And I just sat in the room like gathering dust. I'm pretty sure I actually like cracked the ceiling it. And that's where I watched it. So I was quite when we put the pole up, I was wanting That was the horse you were betting on. I I was what what was it? I was wanting Blade Runner or, or I was wanting forty eight hours. Aye, aye. And that was it. That, that was included because i I've never properly seen it. It's always been on like Say Comedy Central, and I'd either ah, miss the first half hour it's or it's, it's the top, last half hour. It's a top form, even the second one's fucking just as good. Mm. So we'll get there. If you have to kind of fit into a box, do you like it? Do you not like it? What what team? I'd put into that, I like it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd, I found it was like, I didn't, like, the film was only, only on for two hours. Aye. And it kind of just it went along nicely. Yeah, aye. I have to say I, I liked it as well to the point where I would watch it again um, just to kind of get more out of it. Like yeah. Whenever you watch something for the second or third time, you start picking up shit in the background or things start becoming more obvious, more clear. But since this is a film that's sort of being chopped and screwed around with with different cuts... I'd I think that's what I'd probably do. I think I'd probably watch a different the, cut at the next time. Aye, just to see... Because now it's the novelty. Back then, you you had one version for 10 years, and then you had a second version for, I was going to say 10 years again, but that's closer to 15. Yeah. So by the time we've watched it now, there's three or four clearly different copies yeah. of this that's available. Whereas if you've been going along with it, every 10 years you're getting a fucking another version of this film given to you. Yeah. So it's a long wind. It's it's like the fucking plot to the duelist. Every ten years, uh-huh. the fucking fight kicks off. <laughs> yes, I did enjoy this film. I could now see why a lot of people love it, and I could kind of also see why a lot of folks didn't like it. Because you could say it's sort of slow paced, and it is sort of like a lot of not staring, but I could just see images of Harrison Ford lying on his arse in the rain looking shocked uh-huh. and just like that big space age score and I could see what, what this film has fucking influenced since then like 
I was getting heavy, heavy Mass Effect vibes out of this film through the uh, score and just sort of like the visual, like what Los Angeles would look like in the year 2019 uh, in two years' time. I know. I'm like well, actually so gutted that we're not going to get flying police cars. Aye. And that we're going to get like, what else is that? Like the wee fucking midget toy things that that guy creates. Aye, his creepy little pals. Aye. I built myself some friends. <laughs> I do horrible, unimaginable things <laughs> to them on cold nights. Because <laughs> that's it, you can... Aye, it's got that kind of feel to it. Aye, the little... Him. Every time somebody comes in the house, the little robots run up to me going, Help us! Yeah. Help! <laughs> but I mean, even like the first five, ten minutes of film grabs your attention when they're interviewing Leon. Aye. They, they give it like something like the Von Comp test. More or less the test to differentiate are you human or are you a robot? Yeah. And through the series of questions. Because I'm assuming, obviously, at the start of the film, the ships obviously already crashed and they've and escaped. Like, they've infiltrate, infiltrated. Aye. But there was, there was, there were, when I was listening to it, there was six of them, eh? Aye. Two of them. Died. Uh, two of them died like off screen sort of thing mm-hmm. I gave the impression that they got caught in an electric fence and that was then fucked yeah but the other four infiltrated Los Angeles and it is when Leon's being interviewed and he does seem a wee bit nervous but it just seems like he's somebody that's hiding something and the guy's asking him all those questions about like this, you find a tortoise lying on its shell and it's he's like Turtoise? What's a turtoise? Uh, I would be yeah. pressing the button like robot, robot. Oh, they get what fucking turtoises ah, are. And then, it, and then it brings up the question about like his mum. Oh, and it's it, like, oh no. Exactly. I never knew fucking androids have mummy issues. <laughs> I know. So major mummy uh, issues. And it's like it is almost like not a jump scare, but it's that fucking quick from the. Pull out the gun and shoot ah, the boy through the fucking wall. I'm pretty sure if you watched it in the cinema, you probably would have like fucking shot yourself. Ah, it was like you were expecting that reaction sooner, but it kind of because it kind of like well, also I forgot about that bit, and I was just watching it. And I kind of wasn't expecting it, and it just it was is that kind of same reaction to when we seen Drive, and when mm. that further gunshot went off, and ah, the guy went to go and rob the bank or the bookie. Felt the walls of the building shake. Ah oh, no. Hey, <laughs> uh, now let's work our way through the cast here. So obviously we've got Harrison Ford as Rick Deckard. Again, Harrison Ford always seems to appear to be overly cool in all the film roles he gets. Like whether uh, he's, he's Han Solo or Indiana Jones, like fucking Deckard is another one of those characters that, well, he's always really going to be remembered for. Maybe not as much as Indiana Jones and Han Solo. But just having him as like this private investigator with like the brown trench coat yeah. and all, he's always just gonna be this kind that's been given these super amazing roles in films. Yeah. Where like nowadays, maybe people feel like they're all being tarnished. Like he's came back as Indiana Jones. He's came back as Han Solo. Now he's coming back as Deckard this October. It's like oh. Just leave some of these roles untouched. Hmm. But he is. He's the sort of guy that could... He doesn't need to... I was going to say, he doesn't really need to act much. Uh, he always, like... 
they're not asking for a lot out of him in this film. No. He just kind of seems like a bit of a washed out detective. Well, a former Blade Runner. Aye. Kind of looks like he's been pulled back in for like one last job. Eh? Aye. Like that dude that called him into the office kind of more or less forced it on him. The guy with the white hair. No, the guy with the fucking sunglasses and wee. Ah, I know, Gaff. Like that. Is it Edward James almost? That's the dude where the glass. He basically looks like a future pimp. Aye. He shows up at like the noodle bar and tells him that the boss wants to talk with him. And his first stop is like when he gets to go talk to. No, is it Doctor Terrell or no Bryant? The dude with the glasses. That creates the robots. Aye. Where, like, to be honest, when you first see him, it's like, Christ, that's his brain's for Thunderbirds. He's got those big fucking glasses. <laughs> He's got the big forehead to match it. And then you get to see his assistant, Rachel. Like, the love interest of the film. Aye. Just this... She's kind of, kind of like, quiet. Aye. Started, like, Black time. hair, and he does the fucking... The test with her. Mm-hmm. And it, it's weird, I think. I'm not sure why they've done the test for her to be, to begin with. Nah, because I was kind of like... So at first I was thinking, I was like, is she one of them? Well, that's it. It gave them... They cut to a point where he's given her a hundred questions. And he says it's around that point he knew she was a replicant. But one of these advanced models that Brian had made for himself. Mm-hmm. And who had so much fucking memories put into her, it's... She herself doesn't know she's a robot. Yeah. Because she's got memories, she's got this, that, and the next thing. And it's not until you fucking get to the roots and start talking about family that she can't really answer when you start pulling apart her dreams. Mm. And it's all stuff that's just been implanted. And you kind of get that look on her where she's, like, having to question, like, wait, shit, am I a robot or not? No, I thought I was human. Now, let's go through the replicants. We've got... Uh, we've spoken about Leon. Mm. We've got Zathora. Who uh, is, she was only really... Uh, she was the, the sort of the first one to get the chop. Because that she was the stripper with the snake. Aye. Other than having that sequence where she worked in the strip club. And, again, like, just... Like, weird future clothes, where it's like, aye, it's like a plastic raincoat that's see-through. Ah, uh, I was kind of wondering that as well. But, uh, that's, but like, the questions that I had, though, was, how did she ken that Decker was looking for her? Because remember, uh, he, he put on the... Oh, he was like, hey, well, hi, I'm from the newspaper. Uh, okay, it wasn't uh, a leprechaun, but he was, it was something to do with <laughs> rights. Aye, like, uh, like... Workers' rights. you feel like you're, like... Been asked to do like anything like basically you can guys gummies behind the fucking back door and exactly. shit. Exactly. Oh, there could be holes in here for fuck to, to fucking spy on you. And I think she might have just been suspicious, like just to feel like you're and she's told catching them off guard with a punch to the fucking throat. Eh? Aye. And well, that's it. It then cuts to this fucking chase sequence where they're fucking bolting after each other through. Your hectic, claustrophobic Los Angeles where they run across fucking cars and Aye. then she gets flung through about 12 glass doors. Aye, well, getting like, what, 
She probably shot about four or five times. Aye, that was it. Good. She was getting ahead of him. He catches her on the shoulder with a shot. And then she falls through a couple of plate glass windows. Aye. She keeps on going for a few more yards. And it seems like there was like replicant relationships between her and fucking Leon. Because as soon as she's fucking finished... Ah, you see him in the background. Big fucking Leon grabs him. And the only way I could describe Harrison Ford is like a fish out of water in the sequence. He seems that fucking shocked and out of breath as Leon is throwing him around and fucking... Aye, um, but he actually him fucking... Be, like, he knows him, eh? How do you mean? Well, like, as soon as fucking like, Leon grabs him and uh, he says Leon... Aye, because that's it. His chief showed him all those videos. Aye. All of them where they all had like, their swimming caps on uh, back in the office and they all got their names. They, all, they knew that that O'Hana's character is like the fucking love bot. Rudyard Howard's the brains of the operation. And I guess Leon's just the muscle. Uh. So as soon as he sees him, he kind like, ah, oh, fuck, this boy's huge, look at him. Uh-huh. And he puts his fucking fist through the... Uh, like the it's not a gas tank. Uh, it's like a fucking... Like a... Oh, what'd you call it? An oxygen tank? Aye. Uh. It's nothing explosive anyway, but it's just effective when he's sitting punching fucking holes mm. in walls and... Grabbing Harrison Ford, throwing him. Mer- I'll just quickly, <laughs> oh, noisily open my juice. It does seem like gas has been let out. <laughs> and he's getting absolutely fucking malkied by Leon, eh? But it's a look on his face, he's like, <gasps> he honestly looks like he's getting fucking winded, getting his head kicked in. But he gets saved by Rachel at this point. Ah, uh, just as he's like, Leon, like, delivered his, like, we quip because I'm assuming he was, I'm assuming he got shot like she was in front of him well, no, nah, 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 she, she was behind him and shot ah, him in the back of the head because that would have been I, the exit wound it was a weird fucking impact shot like <sighs> just it kind of just was like this giant fucking circle just fucking <sighs> on his forehead and when you see it and you're wondering well Harrison Ford never done that it was like, did he malfunction? What happened? It just looked like, uh, a, like a fucking fuse blew. Mm. But then you see her with a gun. Ah, she fucking landed a shot in the back of his noggin. Lucky it didn't come out the other side and fucking hit Decker in the pus. Ah, uh, no, because that so, gun looks like a fucking packs a punch. Yeah. Aye, that's always the thing you love about like old sci-fi films when they have like their take on weapons in the future. And it always looks like wee sturdy fucking guns. Uh, like, it's either like I make the barrel look thick like let's just make it look like all round this is a space age because even, uh, even like Han Solo's gun in Star Wars is fucking pretty nifty and all like aye they always like to have a wee bit of design I think just the, this is how the future will look things will look um, chunkier and it looks like the actual like legitimate like gun makers haven't taken that into consideration, have they? Nah, everything's well. According to video games, you could give it bright camouflage coats or <laughs> cover it in bling. Especially if you're playing like a Saints Row game, you could vajazzo an AK forty seven. Nah, oh no, <laughs> was what was the one on the last one? The dubstep gun. Oh yes, aye. <laughs> ten about ten minutes for the fucking gun to work, but <laughs> when you hit somebody with it, that's it. They're popping and walking uh, to the grave. Funny. And, of course, 
our main real fucking replicant is the great Rutger Haller. Aye. This aye, is... Such a good fucking actor. Eh? Aye. Like, even though he has got a good few ones behind him, like, this is gonna be the film he's known for, isn't it? Like, the crown jewel. Ah, well, I suppose I. A lot of people would probably say The Hitcher. Mm-hmm. Which he was just a bit of a fucking mental case. Although, I think... I'm a personal favourite Rutger Howard on Blind Fury where he plays the Bind, Blind I Samurai. I to say aye, aye. It was funny, man. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's like, a, it's, a, it's like an actual moment. It's just... It's played for laughs. Mm. Like, when he's in... Like, the opening scene's him walking along the street with his long trench coat on and he's fucking... He's wearing sunglasses. He's blind. <laughs> and he walks into a diner and these local, like... Mexicans play a joke on him by putting hot sauce on his, like, fucking burrito or something. Aye. And he just goes to fucking town on them, eh? <laughs> it's like, no, senor, we were doing you a favour. It tastes bland without hot sauce. Fucking <laughs> 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 bars him to death. Aye. That's a funny fuck, like. I think, I'm positive I've seen it, but I can't remember fucking anything about it. I just remember him, like, some of the action sequences. because he was a, a shitty, he played a Vietnam like a Vietnam veteran mm. and he got blinded and his mate he, one of his like fucking allies in the war he went to go and visit him obviously he died uh, and I think these fucking like mob boss like kill his wife or guy's wife mm. and like kidnap his son so then he feels it's his duty to then go and like rescue him and, uh, and it's just it's got stupid like dumb henchmen in it eh? oh. but it's funny though Mm-hmm. That's a good film. Whenever I think, like, just when you're talking about blind fucking comedy, I keep thinking, uh, see no evil, hear no evil. <laughs> Richard Pryor. Aye. And I'll try to remember that in the shower scene, like, when there's a woman leaning out of the shower to grab a towel, if he was the blind one or not. Nah, he was a deaf one. Aye. So I guess and he's, he's just to... standing there, like, staring. <laughs> Aye. And then. Our last replicant is Pris. Aye. Our dad Ohana is this weird... Because that's the last one we... No, no, we didn't see her last. We see the stripper one last, but we see uh, Pris last when she... Is it she's pretending to sleep in the trash at fucking... Aye. Sebastian's house. Aye. More, more or less is an end because that's it. Let's work out how they get to, or is it, Terrell is the boss, the guy, the creator. Aye. So they went to James Hong, who was making the eyes. Aye. And they, he led them to Sebastian, mm. and that's it, Daryl Hannah. She befriends Sebastian, and Aye. since he's like this lonely, vulnerable type, him and his little midget creations. Aye. Like, they're not toys, pal. They're little people. <laughs> um, like... She knows he could... Well, he's got an in with Terrell. Aye. And they could not organise a meeting, but he could get in that lift that goes up this pyramid. Aye, because they're playing chess. Exactly. And he gives them... Because they're more or less doing like video calls to each other. Aye. Exchanging moves. But he talks about wanting to meet him. And that's where he more or less smuggles Press and Roy... Up into his penthouse suite uh, at the top of his pyramid. Of, 
I'm surely he's kind of wondering that he's like, how the fuck did he kind of do that move? Because obviously, he, like, Terrell comes across as like, like, ah, fucking, like, Sebastian's like too dumb to like, can ever play fucking Exactly. Because like, he says that he's only beat him once. Aye. Uh, and then when he's making, like, Press and Roy breakfast, like, Roy's like, well, why do you not play this move? Or play this move? Aye, and there's something like, well, he's never thought of it. Like, uh, shit. And they they kind of use that as the key uh, to get to... fucking get me in and get in on it. Aye. And it's... It's vicious. Aye. Like, the results to it. Like, when they finally get there and start talking to him. And there's a note, like, a scene, like, give me life, father. Mm. And... You, well... You're not really going to get life out of him if you fucking pop his eyeballs. Uh, it's almost like... It kind of reminds me of... Lenny for Mice and Men. Aye. Like and just clapping him a wee cl- bit too much. Because that's it. He kind of just gives him the shaft saying, no, you've got four years. And once your time's up, you're up. You're you're a machine. You're not human. You're not special. And it just makes fucking Roy snap. Ah, that's a fucking vicious way to go. Aye. Does fucking... Does Sebastian die as well? Or does... They... I try to think they go back to Sebastian and there's a moment where Press is sort of wrapped her legs around him and puts her arms around him. Uh, where it kind of gives the impression he's going to get fucking snapped. And I think they cut away from it. Like uh, we don't actually see him die on camera but he's obviously worried that what's going to happen what happened when you met with the big boss and then you don't see him again. Let's go for good bits and bad bits. Is there any part of it that you didn't like? Uh, actually, the bit that I didn't kind of understand is um, when Decker's back at is it his apartment or fucking Rachel's apartment? I, it has to be his apartment. I think uh, Rachel. Be. And she's there. Oh, where nobody kind of rapes? Aye. Well, he fucking stops her for leaving the house. Aye. <laughs> and the thing is as well, right, it's like, she's like a replicant, so, so she's like obviously like a robot like under exactly. everything. So like, surely that must kind of like, right. freak you a wee bit. Mm. He's probably just hoping to, I hope she's one of those advanced models. That doesn't get pregnant. Oh, not that advanced. I mean, there's like, that actually has a fucking, a fucking input slot. Between her fucking legs. Fucking floppy death drive. Uh, you don't want to, like, fucking pull her from the bed and just go, dong, and you just hit a fucking metal cap. It's like, ah, oh, I forgot you were a robot. Pulls down her pants and it's Alan Rickman sitting there for fucking dogma. Aye. Like, oh, I'm just going to have to fuck your robot mouth. <laughs> Aye, that's a bit that kind of was just like, does it really need to be in there? Aye, because it was weird. Because she kind of comes across as, like, this innocent... Exactly. Sort of she, thing, like she doesn't care about her. She's fucking vulnerable because fucking Deckard ruined her world. She thought she was human. She was an assistant. She was a secretary to this boss man. And this guy comes in and fucking mentally tests her to the point where she's questioning her own existence. Uh, but she's now infatuated with him and keeps showing up. It was weird when he's like, oh, he just fucking gives her a kiss. Mm. 
and you, it does it. It's in your head. It's like, she's a robot, mate. And especially when she leaves and he fucking slams the door shut, slams her against the wall. Uh, like, fucking consent denied. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit rapey, Deckard. Mm. A wee bit rapey. Say, <laughs> like Ben, chance to take D. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, she was getting a fucking injection of it, whether she wanted to or not. I would love that to be the fucking plot line of the sequel. Like, fucking Blade Runner 2049, which I think is 30 years after the original. Yeah. Ryan Gosling shows up and just. Says, <laughs> As fucking Deckard's son. Aye, he's like, <laughs> she's not a replicant, Deckard. <laughs> like, no! <laughs> like, I. You raped my mum. It's like, no! You're my daddy! Mm. Not, you're just one of those robots too, aren't you? Ah, yeah, exactly. I'm a fucking half-breed. Fucking half-man, half-machine. Mm. Shut the fuck up. Where's, like, my 30 years worth of birthday presents? <laughs> <laughs> and then he gave me a copy and then a Jones 4. Aye, I, 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 I can't wait you could put that crystal skull and it's not my mum. <laughs> oh, For me, nothing really overly bothered me. But I think it was just maybe Harrison Ford's acting when he was getting his head kicked in by Kowalski it just seemed a little bit over the top. I think uh, if it was the direction that they focused too much on his face, but he really did just come across as a, like a fish out of water. He was like just constantly going, <gasps> like gasping for air. Right. What's probably the best bit for you? Um, you want me to go first? I want to know. Wait a minute to think. To be honest, I really loved the whole atmosphere, like the scale of it. Like one of the most impressive things about this film that is, like we've, we've talked about this before, Ridley Scott, that he always has this giant vision of his films. It's never just like a small set, like a studio somewhere. It always uh, seems so to be absolutely legit set. It always is like not as if the camera's as far back as possible, but like maybe in his mind. He does create full worlds mm-hmm. for his films. and like He's going Minecraft on it, pretty much. Aye, like, just for the thought of, aye, let's have, like, the shot of the night sky and just fucking have big plumes of flames bursting out. And, like, he's got a whole fucking universe in his head. Where, and it doesn't look like maybe sort of three backdrops and then just, aye, just have a casual background for the rest of it. It just feels like there is this massive scale and I think and maybe just because it, this is his interpretation of 2019 where mm-hmm. it all does look really condensed little markets and it's raining and everyone's all talking different fucking languages and I think and just as grungy and sleazy. I can imagine what it would be like when they, like, when they actually get a day of sunshine. Aye. Now they'll understand and what the fucking it's no, it. it's no just rain, it's torrential fucking rain. Ah, it's m- fucking miserable. I think if it's just like, this is what pollution will be like by then, but it's no a pretty I scene. Probably my favourite bit is probably the final like half hour of the film, like when, oh, when, when, they, kill, pursuing. when they kill Terrell and fucking Decker makes his way to the building. Aye, because they all end up back at Sebastian's, don't they? Aye. And it's the bit where fucking takes a lift up and, and he's in, he goes into that fucking main 
thing and he sees the wee things walking about and that. Little midget people. And he's like, hmm. And he walks into the room and Pris is sitting pretending to be... Uh, another one, one of his, his creations. Well, one of his Just... toys and all that. Aye. And uh, it's a bit where, uh, where he's basically getting chased by, by Roy and he's like fucking got his like, broken fingers. That bit was fucking hard to watch. And he's fucking scaling a building in the rain with like taped fingers. Aye. But it was just like that shot where I'm not this is where they were on separate sides of a wall. Aye. And he more or less punches he, through the wall and grabs his hand. Aye, does he not put his uh, Roy puts his head through the wall to get to Deckard? Nah, no, all after I know, he, he fucking punches that arm through, grabs him, pulls uh, it through, and then just like it's breaks like, his fingers. And he was completely fucking helpless because your arm's on the other side of a fucking uh, and wall. Then, and then he just cheekily like, says, I try and shoot straight now. Aye, and he does, he <laughs> fucking tries and fires and fucking doesn't get him at all. Uh, what about when he fucking kills a uh, priest, Pris? Ah, she like, kind of like fucking has like that. this acrobatic ass kicker way. Uh, uh, it must be an awkward day on set where he's <laughs> she's sat on his face for a scene and she's got him by the nostrils and he's like I don't care what my motivation is here but he's like fucking he had a dick and he's like stay the fuck down I can what the fucking worst time to bring your wife to set and you spend the afternoon stuck between a lassie's legs but uh, he just shoots her once when she's doing these fucking like flips back flips eh? and then it's like that giant freak out where Aye. she's just losing her fucking shit because she's and he shot. shoots her like two or three times after it and it doesn't it doesn't let up eh? it's just constantly fucking going at it Aye, just having like a seizure Aye, and then that's it mm. but as you said it, it leads to them fighting on the fucking roof Aye. and I think it, it's, it's Roy fucking, it's Roy just fucking prancing about the house like in the shorts and it climbs outside and it scales the well, that's like a few of the questions that I've got that we'll talk mm. about at the end of this. And it is, like, Rutger Howard does look quite athletic in it. Like, just the fact that somebody his size, because I think he does, not that I'm familiar with the height of uh, Harrison Ford, but it kind of gives the impression that he towers over him a little. Mm. And more or less, if his batteries didn't run out, Deckard was probably going to be fucked. Aye. But as it kind of gets, not poetic, but just not even artsy, maybe it's like a a tinge, he realises his time's up. His hands are all crumpling and he can't really get them to work. So he just cr- sits cross-legged on the floor, throws away a pigeon, and then just starts talking about the tears and the rain. Aye, because and... it's a bit when he's stopping... And he kind of realises that hangs on there quite right, working. He grabs, he grabs that nail in it and he sticks the nail through his fucking hand and all that. Right, just to make, just to fucking a manual override. Supposedly, I remember they said there's a connection between this and Alien Covenant where, and it's to do with that nail sequence. Like, in Alien, Michael Fassbender gets a nail the chin or under the throat like under the under the jaw and he says to the lassie like that's the spirit and he keeps fighting with her 
in the IMDb trivia, they had a, a post saying the exact same thing happens in Blade Runner. And the robot has the same line of dialogue saying that's the spirit. But that shot's not in this fucking film. He doesn't take a, a nail to like the chin and says that's the spirit. Sure, he gets mm. a nail for the hand, but I'm positive that line's never uttered in it. I was going to say, I can't remember that bit. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe you were going to say about like the origami that's featured quite a bit in the film. Aye, by gaff. Ah. That seems to be like every time he finds a fag paper. And it's like one of the questions I've got though at the end as well is like the fucking like the unicorn. Hmm. It seems to kind of show up. Ah, yeah, it's a funny one because I think they always they said they considered that as like one of the the implanted dreams of the androids or the replicant, should I say? Aye, but is that no? That's always going to lead to my question at the end. Yes, aye, that gets a lot of speculation. Uh, more or less, is Deckard a, a fucking replicant or not? Aye. I, I, I think that's probably a hoax. Like, I think aye. that might just be maybe... Just fucking... And the thing is, there is certain cuts of the film that really kind of lean heavy on that angle. But I, I, I find it it's a coincidence because in the final cut, when we watch it, it's he's pissing about with a piano ah, and he's playing like notes and that's sort spliced together with this fucking unicorn running through the forest ah. and uh, right enough it's supposed to give the impression that well that's what replicants dream of like when they say this is based on a short story by Philip K. Dick and uh, something like do androids dream of electric sheep I can when you're in Scotland you think of Aberdeen jokes. They oh nothing wrong, I get electric sheep. But no. Um there's just the thought like what do they think of? And I guess the fucking dreams they implemented in these androids was unicorns run through the forest. Uh. But I think in the film we're given, like this final cut, it's giving you the impression that it's a daydream he's having. Because uh, he's pressing about with the piano, he's looking at the music notes, and I think there's maybe a more deeper meaning to it. Because if you look at I Wikipedia, they've got fucking pages and pages on the themes within this film, and I think it just gets a wee bit too much in depth for my uh, liking, anyway. Jank, it felt worthwhile that Deckard didn't kill Roy. That Roy pretty much just. Well, he didn't really, he didn't really die, did he? Just no, just the batteries ran out, and I technically that's him dead. He's just a shell at that point. But I don't think Decker basically had a chance to kill him unless he'd fucking MacGyvered some smart way to, like they're in the rain. Now, if I could just uh, get him to step back onto this exposed electricity cord, do you think maybe that was the like on the first draft you're in? That was probably the intended way for the film end. Just to have Roy's batteries run it. Maybe, because I think with all the fucking shit that happens to Deckard, it's really hard for him to convincingly kill him unless, I don't know, he catches him off guard, like he's in the middle of one of his big fucking speeches, and uh, then Deckard just got the fucking gun and fires one last bullet, or he gets impaled on someone, but nah, I could. The, the, it's probably the only way 
they could have written it out without it turning into like a big action sequence a la Star Wars like a fucking sword fight or a shootout like with the fucking the way this films went where it's kind of had us lower paced with occasional sort of action sequences but they're all really brief action sequences I reckon if it's maybe it deflated it for a couple of people where like the scrap they were having in Sebastian's apartment just to go outside and then it just kind of just time runs it now again if some people might feel short changed uh, I didn't really. know I thought it was alright that way they probably wanted like a, your Indiana Jones sort of fight sequence where he's outnumbered with somebody a fucking couple foot taller than him but he uses his smarts to find a way to fucking trip him up and kill him but yeah. I think he was fucking heavily outnumbered in this one especially fingers broken this giant hulking dude, like, could have just stood on his neck when he wanted to. But I think he just wanted to talk to somebody near the end. Uh. And then, once all that is sort of over and done with, and Gaff shows up. Aye, uh, and he basically just says to Gaff that that's done. Aye, that's it, the job's done. And gets back to the apartment, wakes up Rachel, who... Again, like, she's just obviously just fucking... I don't Has she done anything else? Like, other than once he basically raped her in his apartment, she's just decided to stay in bed. Like, that must just be all in one day. <laughs> Maybe that's what he thought. It's like, wait, I'm probably going to get my head kicked in by fucking replicants in the morning. Fuck it, I'm going to fire one off in this robot the now. <laughs> Especially if I do get my head caved in. At least I kind of had... Uh... Like... Ah, uh, you think can buy a fucking fired one in the back end of one of your kinds. <laughs> like, just a wee personal victory. <laughs> just, like, that's it. It's not your final meal. Or your final fucks are right. Nah. I just I need to at least unload the gun one last time. Mm. Right. You'll do. It does. There's a... He seems infatuated to the point where he, he wants to run away with this lassie by the end of it. Yeah, then that's been the no got a wee bit of origami at the end as well. He does. He comes across another little unicorn. Yeah, and I think that again gives people the speculation that yeah he's a replicant himself. But this when it fucking ends, like they run, they get to the elevator, and the door shuts, and that's it. Yeah. Now an alternative cut. So there is a completely well, not a completely different ending. There's an extended ending, but I think this one actually just finishes. Fine, at that, you know how some films just kind of have that snap ending? Yeah. Them getting in that elevator and the door shutting was enough for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they needed to peter it out any longer. Aye. It kind of summed up, Replicants were done, he's got the girl, get in the elevator, get the fuck out of there. Yeah. And that's it. So, the you got any other questions? Um, I, I, I had three main questions on my thing was because obviously the obvious one like is is Deckard a replicant mm-hmm. the other one was obviously did um, like how did the thing we can Deckard was looking for her when she attacked him in the oh, dressing room and oh, then another the one was can like why did fucking Roy know just what Deckard for and he was hanging on to the... Ah, because that's a fucking key shot where it's like... And he fucking just 
pulls him up with one it hand does. as he, well. He just looks like a, actually, he looks like a fucking machine. But <laughs> it is like just the, that visual shot because the camera's down looking up, and he just looks like it's nice, like no strain whatsoever to lift uh. Arson Ford up and fucking put him down. But it's just sort of like he's wanting to make his case, or just. I don't care. It's like you just wanted to give the impression that I'm not a bad guy. Uh, I just wanted more than fucking four years to live off of. Yeah. And he just said, I've, I've got some poetry I could tell you <laughs> about tears and rain. If you could sit there and listen for a minute and grant me this one last wish. <laughs> Let's see. Facts and figures. Uh, Blade Runner. How much do you think it costs to make a movie like Blade Runner? Probably, and those uh, probably may uh, probably cost. It's a modest budget. About thirty million. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. So that's not too bad. I imagine it looks like he put it to fucking get use because that looks like an expensive film. Ah, in these days anyway. Uh, now we've only got domestic box office figures. How do you think it done making its money back? I think it probably dead. Aye. It was. It didn't do exceptional. It pulled in 32.8 million altogether. It only made 4 million more. Aye. And I reckon if that's... Well, you need to... This film got three theatrical runs. Uh, Original release, director's cut got a theatrical release, and final cut got another theatrical release. So I think all these still contribute towards it. So... Maybe back in the day it didn't fucking, like, back in 82 it didn't make fucking bank. But it wasn't until, well, obviously it got a cult status. Uh, and then when it got released as a director's cut 10 years later, Fox jumped back on it. And then just with inflation, then a final cut shows up, people <sighs> jump back on it. And to be honest, I actually think it's been shown at the Edinburgh International Film Festival, like, this summer. It's like a, it has like a future, I was going to say a bleak future theme, mm. so they're showing the likes of Blade Runner, Escape from New York, so that and amongst other, I think Terminator's in there as well, it's more or less 80s sci-fi futuristic films. Yeah. Uh, Amazon One Star Reviews. Out of the 1,081 reviews, there is 44 one-star reviews. 44. And are they legit? There, there's some some beef. Let's see. Our first one. Come on, Amazon. Why can't I purchase Amazon Video from my iPhone? By Metal. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. This is a great film worthy of five stars. I reviewed it one star because... I want to watch it on Amazon Video via my iPhone. But Amazon, in its infinite wisdom, won't allow me to purchase it from my phone. I would love to know why I could buy a kilo of coffee or a sex toy, but not a digital film on my phone. One star. So, it seems like he had two thirds of his night set. Kilo of coffee, sex toy, Blade Runner. What do you mean I can't get Blade Runner? Fuck's sake. He's constantly playing that rape scene on repeat. That's like, just like, ah, oh, imagine if it's Harrison Ford throwing me a boot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. 
We'll never get that Sunday afternoon back by Selena. As I wonder if this would be a hard film to show a woman, like, unless she's like a hardcore sci-fi person. Aye. Uh, but this person writes, nothing wrong with the quality of the Blu-ray, just dislike the film. Only bought it because my husband couldn't believe I'd never seen it. I wish I hadn't. Sorry, Harrison Ford. Alright. wonder if Harrison Ford reads the one-star reviews to his films. It's <laughs> still... like when you see the celebrities reading it like mean tweets. Aye. The poor cunt's still going through all the one-star reviews for like Crystal Skull. <laughs> and just, it just won't end. There's so many fucking reviews. Fuck you, Shia LaBeouf. Aye. You're not my fucking son in this franchise. <laughs> I'm going to fucking tell Steven. <laughs> You and your fucking greaser haircut. <laughs> I'm just waiting on you meeting the pace for your noise. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I'm lost. <laughs> Michael's lost. <laughs> oh. I could just imagine, I was like, I'm going to crash this fucking plane into a golf course. Why the fuck am I married to a Calista Flockhart? (laughs) 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 I just hope they fucking kill me in Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) They better not make another fucking Blade Runner up at it. hiding this fucking fridge till it all blows over (laughs) 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 it's got to that point in the night where they're like delirious we've lost our minds Um, let's see overhyped rubbish by Jay Turvey Having been told by a friend over many years that this is a film I should really have seen by now, I took the plunge and bought this film uh, at a cut price as the format's finished. One of you bought like a HD DVD. Mm-hmm. I settled down on my sofa and anticipated being swept away by a film labelled as a masterpiece by all of my friends. All in the majestic splendour of high definition. Most definitely bought the HD DVD. <laughs> just sort of wait just wait until I get hold of my mates this is one of the most disappointing films I've ever seen a motion picture seemingly more concerned about how good it looked or how grand it sounded than whether the plot was not paper thin and in brackets and it is by the way I sat there for nearly two hours and almost nothing notable happened I gave this a chance at an hour mark I wanted to turn it off and stop the film in its tracks and use it as a use the disc as a coaster instead. But I saw it through to the bitter end. Now it's a coaster. <laughs> I don't care if I offended my friends or any other diehard fans of this film. It's utter rubbish. Housekeeping, filmsandswearing.com for <clears throat> links to our Facebook account. 
Twitter account. That's at FAS Podcast. Uh, if you want to find out what poll we've got coming up next. Obviously, episode 140, our 80s season continues with... Harrison Ford. Aye. And fucking completely different Harrison Ford. In Star Wars, episode 6, Return of the Jedi. Jedi won the poll against the lights of Christine, mm-hmm. Videodrome, and Risky Business. Fucking CX was selling Risky Business on Blu-ray today. How much? Uh, four quid, I think. Aye. Uh, <clears throat> that might I'm be one... that you voted for Christine. I think. Oh no, I don't. I don't get a choice to vote when I put that poll oh, up. No, absolutely. I voted for Videodrome. I'm sure she voted for Videodrome as well, actually. Well, that's it. I think when it goes live, I always imagine that you get the first pick, but you didn't. Ah. It's, it's purely what Obdi else thinks. So I, I did. I was kind of betting on Christine, but it was definitely an underdog ah, against I'll well, watch that again. Blade Runner and no. Sorry, uh, Star Wars. You kind of was fucked. Ah. Now, I think if people go to our Twitter account this weekend, I think maybe I'll put the poll up on Saturday and have it finish on, like, the Tuesday or the Wednesday, so you got to get a few days to decide. Because our next, what, 1984? Wait, no, that's what's just been decided. No, no, no it's not. Aye, 1984. <clears throat> we, I think we originally had Ghostbusters, Police Academy. Repo Man. Repo Man. And... Romance in the Stone. Romance in the Stone, that's what it is. So that's, I, think, I think we kind of got the impression where it's like, right, it's probably going to be obvious that Ghostbusters would win that poll. Yeah. So, we've... we've so we're mixing it up. Alright, we're going to replace that one with a bachelor party. Hmm. Now, part of me is like, do we keep Police Academy? Because I feel that's next to, like, just by default. Maybe just because I love that as a bear. Like, that might be the easy win as well. I feel Police Academy is fondly remembered. So when you see a poll with Romance in the Stone, Repo Man, Bachelor Party, Police Academy. I feel everyone might latch to Police Academy. Yeah, we might need to change it up. Uh, well, from the list I texted you the other day, I think we should swap Police Academy with Firestarter. Aye, I know. Because that's the Stephen King book and it's got Drew Barrymore in it as a child. Uh, no, I've seen it. No, I've just seen a picture of it, and it's just Drew Barrymore standing there, her hair's kind of flowing in the wind, and there's fire around her. Mm. So I will just go for an obscure horror film. Aye. So you can vote for that over on our Twitter account. Uh, other than that, we've got a patron, patron.com forward slash FAF podcast. You uh, have been spoiled last month with exclusive patron, patron podcasts of... Alien Covenant, uh, our audio commentary to the United Kingdom title match from NXT TakeOver Chicago between Tyler Bates and Pete Dunne. And again, just 
hours more of additional podcasts. So full access to all of that for I think as little as one dollar twenty since it's an American company. I looked at the currency converter this morning and that's more or less ninety three pence for a full month's access and to all our back podcasts, extended episodes, audio commentaries and exclusive podcasts. So you could you could skip that fucking sausage roll for Greg's for just one day and mm. support us for a month. I didn't want to turn this into one of those black and white children Africa videos, but oh, like, nah. for, for 93 pence, you could um, listen to George Lucas and Steven Spielberg rate jokes. Aye, maybe. I might charge extra for that, but <sighs> um, other than that, let's see. I'm going to tell you that next week's going to be Return of the Jedi, so you just could get that watched in preparation. I'm sure you could find that on Sky easily enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, shout out to Andros for our theme music, this one. Uh, thanks to Stu and our listeners for tuning in and letting us fill our lugs each week, but it's now that time of the night to pull out... Fuck off and tune in next week. And then they fucking the replicants. Don't. Don't fuck Susan. Or Rachel. Rachel. Or Sean. I can still hear Harrison Ford reading those one-star reviews. <laughs> oh, that, that fucking broke me.